0: All right. We are live. All right. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora.
1: Good morning.
0: Yes. The time is 8.01 a.m., and you are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and have to say a good morning to BTP as well. Good hit the morning. clap button for yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah, hit okay. the clap. That's for you. <laughs> uh, we're getting ready because we have another clap for our special guest in oh, the sure. studio today. Norma Peterson of Document the Abuse.
1: Good morning, Aurora.
0: Yes, yes. Glad to have you here with us today. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to learn about Document the Abuse. We're going to learn about the EAA as well. And then we're going to talk about your upcoming event tonight with uh, uh, the University of St. Francis and Joliet. Correct. All right. All right. Um, so, before we get started, I want to say good morning to all of you guys out there. We hope that you're having a blessed and positive Tuesday morning right now. Uh, sip your coffee, your tea, whatever it is that these people do.
1: Whatever gets you going.
0: Yeah, are you a coffee
1: person? Oh, gosh, yes.
0: Yeah? Uh-uh. What's your brand or place? Oh, I'm a
1: Dunkin' girl.
0: Hit the clamp. Uh-oh, oh, yeah, man. for sure, for sure. Oh, got oh yeah I know, uh, right? <laughs>
1: I'm a dunkin girl. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, so now, before we get going as well, I want to let you guys know that uh, we're doing this live every day, uh, Monday through Friday, starting at 8 o'clock here on Facebook. Stay tuned for more platforms coming with live news next week. But for the moment, uh, we've got a good show. Let us know who you are uh, to start off with and tell us about Document the Abuse.
1: So let me introduce myself. Mm-hmm. My name is Norma Peterson. I am now the executive director for Document the Abuse, which houses what is called the Evidentiary Abuse Affidavit, which helps victims to be able to document their abuse in a way that will serve them in many different aspects as they. So right. it's a wonderful tool, not just for the victims, themselves, to be able to write out their stories. Mm-hmm but also for anyone who deals with them, such as advocates, shelters, law enforcement, the judicial system. So in any capacity that uh, you deal with the victim or a victim deals in different environments, this can prove to be useful, a a very useful tool for that victim.
0: Wow. And uh, how long have you been doing uh, Document the, uh, the Abuse?
1: So I met the creator of Document the Abuse, During the trial of my sister-in-law, Kathleen Savio. And during that period of time, I became very familiar with Duel and its creation during that period of time. So um, when the actual creator passed away um, five years to the day that my sister-in-law went missing, I then kind of took up her work and am now moving it forward in a way that is just really becoming – phenomenal
0: it is it is uh so for our listeners for fans of this show you will you will know that we have interviewed Norma before and it was a wonderful uh interview was my first introduction to yourself and uh document the abuse and all the work that you do um yeah that was i was enlightened i was enlightened by that
1: i'm hoping that that's that's really what doing things like this that's what i hope to accomplish i need as many people to
0: realize that there
1: is help out there for victims of domestic violence, intimate partner violence, anywhere that there is a potential for violence, dogging, harassment. I mean, you can use this in any context that you feel fearful of another person. And what's so great about this is it's a web-based app, so it's not something that can be traced on the phone. Right. So you can go straight to the web. It can be accessed uh, once you have a password and a, a, a username, which then you can you know, hide or or discreetly put away somewhere. So you could go to a library, you could go to a church, you could go to your best friend's house and go add to it, fill it in. You know, so what's nice is for each incident, there's a place that you can go and put these incidents into. And what we're hoping to do is to give victims a safe place to go to so that they can then put their stories in a place that will help them later on.
0: Um before we started recording you and I spoke briefly about um why folks don't report abuse. Uh could you talk a little bit about that like what are the you know what are some of the reasons we can't sure we can't identify why a person would not each individual case is different I'm sure but like talk about that a little bit that people don't
1: That's kind of what our event is going towards this evening with the University of St. Francis we're talking about overcoming obstacles to reporting abuse. So um, I recently took the 60-hour class that uh, sexual assault and uh, domestic violence awareness Mm -hmm. that Mutual Ground uh, offers a couple times a year, and that is eye-opening in terms of realizing all the different reasons that people don't report abuse. Either they don't understand that it is abuse. So not everything is physical. A lot of its emotional, mental, psychological, and if you've grown up in that atmosphere, you don't know that that's abuse until you get a different perspective. Right, and that's part of what document the abuse does is we're putting information on there that lets you know that, you know, this constitutes abuse. You so I'll put the
0: uh, link for it as well. Oh, the, if I got you would, the, I got the link right here. The invite, okay, uh, uh, event bright. Yes. Um, so, so, for the listeners just tuning in, what we're talking, talking about uh, this evening from six to eight p.m., our dear friend here, Norma, uh, who is the executive director of Document the Abuse, will be speaking of her journey raising awareness of the EAA, a helpful tool for victims of abuse and law enforcement. The presentation will be virtual, and we'll discuss the nationally known uh, our uh, case that we're speaking of. Now, uh, the panel of experts will include Kane, will include Kane County, County Sheriff Ron Hain, Kane County State's Attorney Jamie Mosser, uh, Moster, Pastor Neil sorry I messed, messed his name up yesterday, and former <laughs> Massachusetts State's Victims Advocate, State Advocate Michelle Cruz. The presentation is being hosted Goodbye. by the University of St. Francis in Joliet. Correct. Awesome, and uh, I'm going to put the link in there for the Yes, yeah, so it, so it is open it to the
1: public, it's free, so feel free to go register. We'd love to have you because the more people that know... The more people that can talk about it and then get this out because with statistics being what they are right now you either know someone you are someone can help someone with them and and be able because so many times as family and friends you feel helpless you know how can i help this person and one of the major things i went through was uh I should have, you know, I should have done a better job trying to protect her. Sure. You know, I could have, had I known, I, I could have done something. You I know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. So now what Document the Abuse allows me to do is to change that narrative from shoulda, woulda, coulda to I can, I will, and I am. You know, I can make a difference. Yep. I will get this out there, and I am doing it by, you know, places like you letting me come on and talk about things like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I have a a cousin who, you know, when I was very young was was being abused by a a boyfriend and things like that. And I look back in retrospect and I think that, uh, you know, my dad didn't handle the situation in a productive way at all. And I just think about it now and it's like, man, there's so many tools that are available now to kind of like stop stop abuse or intervene and not have my dad get arrested and all the other kind of stuff like you know i, I I'm, I'm glad that there's more uh tools. access to resources and tools now um good morning to all of our fans just tuning in we got some, oh good morning to all y'all look at these wonderful people jen mendoza hello i think she's back from vacation victoria maldonado good morning to you as well and Alyssa ocone uh so yesterday we did a contest uh-huh Three. We have three t-shirts to give away for uh, our YouTube subscribers. One was Missy Lizzie Beth won a t-shirt. And Alyssa O'Conn, I saw your notification. She won a t-shirt as well. I'll be in touch mm-hmm. with you, Alyssa, about how to get the shirt. Very cool. And then uh, Harry Beast, good morning. Aisha Saxon, good morning. Josue Pais, good morning. And Brooke Shanley, dear friend of the show. Good morning to hey, you Hey Brooke. Well. Hey, Brooke. Shouts yeah. out. Oh, Shout we've got, out. Brooke got the, friends oh, on this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, she's
1: the uh, uh, head of the auxiliary for the American Legion. Oh, yeah. Post Wonderful 84. Person. Props Post 84. to her. Props to her.
0: All right. Good morning to you. Um, so, Brooke, interesting thing about Brooke. We interviewed her. Um, I tell you. Interviewing Brooke Shanley was different because Brooke carries like an independent strength with her, right? When you meet Brooke Shanley, you know you met like a powerful woman, a presence. And I was like, and then you know she she works with the eighty four, the post right? right over here. Yes, so yeah. She's a powerhouse. She is. She is She's a powerhouse. A powerhouse. She's, Shouts yeah. out. And she says, hi, Norma.
1: Aww.
0: Yep. Hey, Brooke. Yesterday at about 8.13, she had to tune out to go teach students. So I think she might, like, she had three more minutes with us. We're going to make it count. And um, <laughs> dear friend of the show, Jim Mendoza, uh, mentions that she'd like to connect with you. So we will make sure to uh, make that happen. All right. So got a couple of news items, then we're going to get back to uh, what we're talking about here. Uh, so real quick, guys, the uh, CDC and the FDA recommend a pause in the usage of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine to investigate reports of blood clots. Uh, there is an article, which I will be putting in the link for you guys uh, here momentarily, but in a nutshell... Uh, In a joint statement today, the CDC and the Prevention and the Food uh, Drug Administration said they were investigating clots in six women that occurred six to 13 days after vaccination. The clots were observed in the sinuses of the brain, along with reduced platelet counts, making the unusual treatment for blood clots, the blood thinner heparin, potentially, quote, dangerous, end quote. More than 6.8 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine have been administered in the U.S., the vast majority with no or mild side effects. So that is a uh, quick and very important update. Uh, Also at the Fox Valley Mall, which has become a site now for vaccinations, uh, the first dose of Pfizer vaccines are available to anyone 16 years of age or older. Uh, In addition to signing up for the vaccine, you can also volunteer. I'm going to put the volunteer link for you guys and also the CDC Johnson & Johnson article link here as well time is 8:13 a.m. and you are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast and we have dear friend of the show Norma Peterson Document the Abuse on with us. Yeah, oh yeah. So, um we so when last we spoke Aurora had um, you know, there was no end in sight to the pandemic basically. Now we've got uh vaccines being rolled out. We see things are I won't say opening up, but restrictions are certainly being loosened. Um, how do you feel about it? Has your routine changed at all, or are you still um, Actually, maintaining? Actually,
1: like everyone else, I am anxious to get back out in what feels like the real world. Mm-hmm. And with the weather turning and, and spring coming.
0: I know, you're almost chirping. Feel, right. Ugh.
1: It feels like this is a um, a rebirth. Yes. Uh, it, we're We're coming into even a different consciousness, it seems like we're all coming back out of our shells. We've changed a little bit Mm -hmm. during this, you know, time of crisis. And so much of community has been rebuilt due to the fact that we have had to lean on each other for help. Yeah. I believe that as we come back out, you know, into the public and engage with each other again after this, that what you'll find is a much more meaningful interaction between people because now we've been without that contact. So now when I come across somebody, I'm going to be ever so thankful to see another smiling face. I am yeah. going to be thankful for those types
0: of things. You're right. Um, and to Until that, that point, you know what I think people really got to see as well? Like I, uh, so I was discussing this with my mom. I think a lot of people thought, uh, you, we'll take food pantries, for example. COVID came. Things are shut down. Folks need to still eat. So the Interfaith Food Pantry, Marie Wilkins, all these other places, they had long lines of cars and they needed help from the Northern Illinois Food Bank and donations, this. And I think people got to realize that, you know, food banks, food doesn't grow on trees. They run out, too. So it's like they have to get restocked, and I don't. And there's so many people who went to food banks for the first time in their life; they never had to experience such a thing. So, to your point, I think that, um, rather, I'm confident. Right. I'd people, like to be confident. I'd like to be confident that people are not going to be so willy nilly with life, their day, or their fellow citizen.
1: Be more empathetic. Right. I think is is where we kind of go with this. Is there's some more empathy because You do have people that had never had to reach out. You had people who had never had to ask for anything in a position where they really had no choice for survival. Right. So now you have to reach to these things. And what it does is it's almost like, you know, I would have never thought that I would be in the position that I'm in right now, working with violence victims, doing the kinds of things engaged in the community like I am. But yet, sometimes when you're put into a position where you have no choice, you figure out where your strengths are.
0: Oh, yes. You know, you don't know Ooh. how
1: strong you are until that's the only choice you have. Yep. And that, that is a true fact. And that's what I think so many of us, you know, here in Aurora as a microcosm, but nationally, that's what we went through. And where we didn't know how strong we were as individuals or as a community until something like this happens and you have no choice but to either tear each other apart or come together. And what I saw from Aurora was amazing. What yeah. I saw was people coming together in ways that I would have never imagined possible beforehand. Oh,
0: yeah. So,
1: you know, what it did is it changed some trajectories. It changed some people or the better in helping them realize there was so much more to this city than they ever knew.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. I met a guy, um, this was, well, it would have been last month now. Um, I met a guy who told me, so we're downtown, we're downtown on Broadway, and uh, there's a the ET station. Right. Arcade Yeti, coming. Yeah. yeah, Yeti. He said, uh, he said you know, what's, I said, they're putting a video arcade. He's like, really? I said, yeah. He's like, man. He's like, I'm too old to play video games, but I'll tell you this. I like to see that there's something. I like the energy. I like the vibrancy. Like, yeah, right. people are. You're never too old to play video games. Oh, I'm oh, That's right. <laughs> yeah. BTP is a big gamer, yeah. I love it, yeah. I love some games, too. I don't play consistently all the time, but I do love some video games. Oh, I
1: spend a lot of time as a youngster in the arcades.
0: So... What do you like or what's some changes that you personally have seen in our city uh, take place since you've been? Had a
1: lot of the engagements that I see, mm-hmm. you know, I see people being a little friendlier. I see people reaching out a little bit more. You know, shows such as yourself with this Good Morning Aurora has been a staple for me personally. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so great to have some place to go where I can get the Aurora news you know, that's that's the huge thing. You know, I'm a big fan. You'll see me pop up all the time because I love listening to you in the morning. I get what's happening here in Aurora. I mean, I love that, you know, we have these national stations, yeah. two, five, seven, you know, those. But there's something to be said because there's so many great things that go on in here that, you know, people don't know about they because have no it gets idea. lost in the paper or you know, people don't get the paper all the time. There's so many things out there and that's where you having this show and being able to bring local people in to talk about the things that matter to us here in the city, you know, still bringing in national news, but mm-hmm. taking the time to bring us what is happening here in our city so that we can support each other. And yeah, that, thanks. I appreciate You know, it. it's things like that. So that's been really great to see, you know, again, going back to I see more people being engaging or at least trying to be more engaging in a, in a way that they may not have before.
0: Did you go out for First Friday? that just passed.
1: And, uh, I unfortunately had other uh issue, other things going on, so I wasn't able to come down. Okay,
0: it was yeah. fun. I love First Friday. It was good to be back, like out and about, like you know, hanging. Right, that was cool. That was you cool. know, and
1: there's so many new businesses.
0: Yeah, uh, I went I to Society Fifty Seven for so I hung out in Society. I hung out there for the uh-huh. first time. Uh, I had only gotten in there like. Two three other was, times, but like I actually hung there. that was cool. That was
1: there nice. was an event there uh they had one for um to do with uh powerful women getting together oh yeah, it was a uh the thing that they did, you know coffee mm-hmm. the place is beautiful it is absolutely beautiful. I love another thing I love about Aurora. they take their old beautiful buildings that are so architecturally gorgeous, and they re they refurbish them. They don't tear them down. Right. They don't try to change them. They build within the beauty that was already there and just bring it back to life. And another thing I love about this.
0: Uh so our friend Tracy no. Duran on the show. Mm-hmm. Um she's awesome, aurora historian. She is she has opened my eyes. Now when I go through downtown or I just see something, I don't it's not just a building no more. Right. I I, I can see that in 1837 it was something else, and it's like wow. Like now, look, it's the you know. That's when, like, when you, like when you look at Leola
1: Towers, when you went back through there, Leland, yeah. You know, you talked to a lot of the post 84 guys, or talk to oh, your, yeah. talk to your veterans. Mike Egberg, shout outs. <laughs> or they used to party up there quite a bit. It was gorgeous up <laughs> yeah. there. It was a ballroom. I mean, this city has just an enormous amount of history. When you look at some of the other buildings that are near the river, you'll see where they used to, you know, line the boats up, where they would either put things, you know, there's like these big windows and things where they must have slid stuff down into the boats. And I mean, when you look at Aurora, it's like looking, to me, it's like looking at Chicago. You see the architecture Mm -hmm. and you see the love that was put into some of these buildings and without them even knowing that these things were going to be here for decades right and decades yep. you know and these buildings are still standing still beautiful you know so i that's one of the things i love about it is that they do the here's the thing it humbles
0: us yes it does and uh good morning uh to you norma from tracy duran our dear friend ah, Good morning. Shouts out ears must be ringing on the second largest city's first daily news podcast <laughs> <Ring>. <laughs> All right. The time is 822 a.m. You're listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora. Uh, We've got BTP in the house and we have our special guest Norma Peterson of Document the Abuse. I'm going to give two quick headlines for you guys real quick and then we're going to continue talking to Norma about the event tonight and what else can be expected. All right. So uh, featured at the Alive Teen Center, uh, which is at the Community Christian Church, 78 South LaSalle Street. Addie, Rubio, if I got the address wrong, please don't hurt a brother. Uh, but they have a lot of good stuff going on uh, coming up. Rainbow Ublick in the art room. A movie-themed teen drop-in tomorrow, uh, popcorn ball, movie trivia, and more. And then Friday, Anna Sierra from Anna's Custom Treats will be there. You don't want to miss that sweet event. Yeah, she's a uh, good friend of the show as well. Mm -hmm. Oh,
1: yeah, I'm all on the sweets there. Yeah, she does. uh, So she's got this thing, berries
0: de floor. It's like huge strawberries, and she dips them in, like, chocolate, and then you sprinkle some caramel or some peanuts on
1: Ooh! Nice, that sounds like breakfast. Can we get her a... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's oh, get it uh, Yeah. The yes.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's right. And custom treats. that sounds like
1: an excellent breakfast item for the dams show her. It just does. And uh hit her
0: up on the gram. <laughs> uh and also Paramount Theater presents Earth Day twenty twenty one clean up downtown Aurora. On the twenty fourth of this month from nine a.m. to noon. Meet at North, North Island Center, Center, which is located, located at eight East Galena Boulevard. Boulevard. Stay as long, you long like. as you like. And at North, North Island, Island Center, uh tools and vests will be distributed. Use the hashtag Earth Day2021 day on that day to show your pride for our beautiful planet. Your favorite local radio host will be there. Wait, what? So we can get together and we can do nice, nice cleanup, cleanup stuff. Yeah, get yeah.
1: the morning show out there. Oh, yeah.
0: And you if, if you come out there, I'll tell you, you will be featured on Good Morning Aurora because I'll take a lot of pictures, I'll take some video, and I'll make a little shebang out of it so you can get famous. Oh,
1: let's do this. for no
0: reason. Ha, ha, ha. All you got to <laughs> do is pick up one piece of trash. Like, yeah, famous. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, the time is 825 a.m. So what? Uh, what else do you have going on? Uh, for the rest of the year with the document abuse, are there any other? Oh, it's exciting!
1: It's exciting. Actually, um, I just did a documentary for uh a production company in the UK, and so word is even getting out outside of the states here. Congratulations! Yes, so we're getting actually the UK is going to be doing it on a. uh, They have a twenty four seven true crime network. That it's going to be running on so unfortunately i won't get to see it here okay, but we yeah. did do it out <laughs> there and they'll send me a link the other thing is is that um as we're getting out there to do more of these types of, of online events mm-hmm. we're also going to be um doing some podcasting hopefully getting some videos out so that we can train people right. how to do this so as things open up, hopefully I'll get be getting out and doing some of our own events okay. so that I can get this out there and working with King County Sheriff Ron Hain, working with King County State's Attorney Jamie Mosser. Mm-hmm. So excited about that because I've been working with Jamie. She's been aware of the work that I have done for quite some time and is totally supportive and sees the value in it. So all I'm going to be doing is getting out there to more and more people <clears throat> so that we can get the word out so be working awesome. on podcasts be working on videos other events during the summer i am going to be oh i have a walk if you want to support me on the mutual ground okay uh walk for hope i believe that's coming up you here me soon me write
0: that in our news right yes, now yes please ground, do my okay. walk
1: for hope i have a document the abuse group if anyone Wants to join me? It's it can either be a virtual walk. So if it's a, an icky day, you can we can do a virtual walk. But if anybody wants to join me, I'm going to have a document the abuse group down there. Okay. So we'll be you know doing what we can to um, get the word out on that. So it's just going to be a series of trying to get the word out, doing this you know in the various schools, universities, you know whoever will have me. So. You know, if anybody's listening and you want more information, please feel free to get a hold of me at Document the Abuse or Norma M. Peterson, all one word, and that's S-O-N, at Comcast.net. Hit the clap.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. There you go. All right. That was good. See, this is the fun thing about being on a written line. I I like being able to mm, hit the clap.
1: I know. Oh, I like awesome. when you hit the clap.
0: <laughs> I uh, my dad said I had a face for radio. I know what he meant now. <laughs> You're right, Dad. Shouts out to you. Um, now I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about the response from law enforcement. So I've met with uh, Jamie Mosser and Sheriff Ron Hayne a few times now. I mean, we've mm-hmm. I've been privileged to have them on the show a couple of times. Uh, how's it been working with people who you know their job? is to protect folks and keep them safe. So, what's it like not being a member of law enforcement, but working with people in law enforcement, providing your feedback, hearing from them? What's that like?
1: That's been extremely helpful, actually, because um, in dealing with Jamie, so it's amazing how someone can take the same... um, idea Mm -hmm. and come away with two different responses from it and that's kind of what happens sometimes is I had presented this information previously to a state's attorney and they didn't quite get the concept so when they don't get the concept then the idea doesn't go forward
0: right I don't don't see the value in
1: it I don't you know right having Jamie having the benefit of knowing Jamie before she got into the office and her seeing the work that had been done and How it works
0: Mm
1: -hmm. gave her the benefit of seeing the value in it before we even engaged. So now when she got elected, we were already able to hit the ground running because she had that understanding. Right. Working with Ron, he sees the value in it. So what we have are um, cards that have a QR code on them. So what we're going to be working on is when a officer goes out on a call and there is what's perceived to be a domestic violence situation, this is something very inconspicuous that a police officer would be able to hand a victim without an abuser knowing, being able to hide it very easily in a in a pocket, in a socket, you know, being able to place it somewhere where it can't be found. Right. And then taking your phone and being able to shoot that QR code and then get to the information. So they saw the value in that because it's something very simple. Uh, very easy to hand off to someone Mm -hmm. all the explanations are on the website so they really you know this is for your benefit so it's very helpful when they have an open mind and I have attended quite a few conferences where police officers are seeing the value in this because it's going to help keep them from getting into escalated situations themselves so if they can get this victim so, it's the second time they come out. Right. They give this to the victim. Now they're out there. This is the fourth incident. Well, now this person hopefully has maybe filled this out two times and now is realizing I need to get out. So, now what we're doing is hopefully eliminating that fifth time out. Sure. So, what I think they see the value in the fact that maybe what we're doing is on the prevention side, we're keeping that victim from getting into that position that puts them into uh, further harm.
0: I've also been seeing um and this has been I think maybe a 2 or 3 month thing police departments are putting social workers um uh for that specialized is calls awesome. yeah they're not you know they're not responding to gun crimes but right. they are responding to uh
1: mental health issues yeah, sometimes Yeah exactly
0: yeah how do you feel about that
1: I think that is an awesome idea I, I love the work that Ron Hain's doing yeah. in terms of bringing in different aspects and not just Law enforcement. Right. Yes, you can engage someone in that manner, but so many times what you're dealing with is either more of a, a family type of a situation right. or a mental health situation. Which so doesn't having, require a
0: heavy hand.
1: Right. Yeah. It requires a little bit more of a mediation type of a thing from someone who's experienced. So having a social worker there to engage that person could help it from becoming something that law enforcement then has to deal with. Hmm. I think that's phenomenal. I think that, you know, so many times when uh, people are dealing with domestic violence that there should be maybe a different aspect to that, you know, adding a social worker to that, those types of situations because really those are the ones when you look at them statistically that have a real potential for violence. Right. So if you can get in there those first couple of times with a social worker and maybe engage them in uh, services that they can then access to get them out of the situation or to change it, you know, is always helpful just to keep, you know, and it keep, helps keep our police officers safe because right. now hopefully that then further engagement, we prevent that from happening because now they've, you know, that those, there's these social services that are for them and that when the police go out, they're bringing someone who can then help that mental health part of it. So now they don't feel so, overwhelmed maybe by just the law enforcement portion of it because it's scary when someone from law enforcement comes to you. Even if you have done nothing wrong, it can be intimidating.
0: Sure,
1: You know, so that's where having, I think, a social worker or somebody who can maybe diffuse the emotion down a little bit. It's mm-hmm. not a cop with a gun. Right. It's a person that's here to talk to you. I think the combination of those two would be extremely helpful in domestic violence situations also.
0: Um, For those of you just tuning in, it's 8.33 a.m. and we are here with dear friend of the show, Norma Peterson, the Executive Director of Document the Abuse. And we're speaking on the EAA, which is the evidentiary Abuse abuse Affidavit. I was going to put the affidavit before the abuse part. I know. I call
1: it the EAA for short, and I know that's the same thing that the the aviation uses, but... Hey, I can
0: borrow it. A friend of the show says, thank you, Norma, for what you do. Uh-huh. Knows from experience, it's hard to see when you're in a harmful situation until it's too late. Shedding light on it and letting people know they're not alone is key. Very well said. Thank good you. Good morning to our dear friends out there. Good morning to Mary Foltz, Victoria Maldonado, Jen Ingram, and so many others. If you're just tuning in, it's 8.34 a.m. And listening to and watching, good morning, Aurora. Shouts out to B.T. P. as well. Woo-hoo. So the our, man, the legend. That's right, the man, the legend, right there. There Gamer.
1: Uh, yeah, that was part of the gig Computer this morning. I got to meet
0: BTP. Yeah, BTP. Yeah, BTP <laughs> is more famous than I am. I'm about Fair to way. just be quiet when BTP talks. The numbers go up. Like, oh man, BTP man, he's
1: the one. I know, right? Heck yeah. That's all right. We're um, in his shadow over here. Yep.
0: So, a couple quick news items for our dear folks and listeners out there. Uh, our friends of the Fox Valley United Way are hosting a community blood drive, Giving the Gift of Life. It's going to be held Thursday uh, from noon to 6 at 1240 North Highland Avenue in Aurora. There is a registration that is needed. Shout out to the Fox Valley United Way and Kent County Health Department. I'll post a link for you guys to check it out. Typically, each donor can save three lives. And how do you like your funnel cake, with powder or without? How do you like your funnel cake? You like funnel cake?
1: I love funnel cake.
0: Right? You like it with powder or without?
1: That sends me into a sugar overload. Yeah, no, I think without. Right, because it's good. Oh, it's good. Just that fried dough. Are you kidding me? me. (laughs) Please. Uh, uh,
0: So, Windy City Amusement is hosting a Funnel Cake fundraiser to benefit the Fox Valley United Way Thursday through Sundays, noon to 8 p.m. That's this month and going into next month as well. Northgate Plaza is the location, 900 North Lake Street. Come on out and have some fun for that. Lastly, three great organizations are teaming up for excitement in our city. Adventures in Scavenger Hunting is partnering with the uh, Aurora Sunrise Rotary Club and Ballydoyle for a downtown Aurora scavenger hunt. This will be on May 14th from 5 to 10 p.m. It will encompass all of downtown Aurora. Masks are required. The headquarters is 28 West New York Street, which is Ballydoyle. And uh, teams of four are one hundred and fifty, and that includes drink tickets. So, excellent. shouts out! All right. So, uh, so the event is at six p.m. tonight. Are you ready?
1: Yes. Yes, right. I am. Yes, I. You am. You seem ready. You, you, oh, I am uh, so ready because yeah. this is the what is the beginning of a, of an excellent collaboration between uh, Document the Abuse mm-hmm. and the University of Saint Francis. So, what it was is, I've been. Blessed enough to get uh, a couple of different um, TV things out. So I did uh, a true crime watch with uh, Chris Hansen a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So that replays every here and there. Um, did uh, just did a thing for Reels Network.
0: Okay.
1: And um, they use some interesting names, which sometimes gets a little difficult. Like I was just in one that is going in the UK, and that one's called uh, Killer In Law. So oh, you mean, fixed. oh, yeah, really? yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, what winds up happening is when, you know, in order to get people's attention,
0: of course,
1: you know, you need to, but this, he is, Drew is the beginning of why this is all happening Right to be, you know, he was more of a catalyst. The right. case that brought this about, He, he's the person that, like I said, that this kind of goes from but it was created really beforehand. It was just fine-tuned to the point where she had had it in a written format, but Mm -hmm. didn't have the video part of it. And this is the cool cool part. So Susan Murphy Milano wrote a book called Time's Up, which is an excellent book during this period of time. You know, Time's Up. It's Time's Up for, you know, uh, people who have been committing these types of abuses to be held accountable. That's what her thing was, is she wanted these perpetrators to be held accountable for what they were doing, and they weren't. So she came up with this evidentiary abuse affidavit in this book, but there was no visual part to it. When this case went on, and because she was here in the area, she wound up meeting with Pastor Neil Shorey at his church. Now, his church had had video equipment because they uh, videotaped their services. Right. So when she came to the church and she started to talk to Neil, she said, Neil, you have all this camera equipment here. Why didn't you tape her? Right. You know, when she talked to you about all of this, he's like, it never occurred to me. You know, because here's someone coming at you with this enormous information that, I mean, I, I can see why he was overwhelmed by it. You know, so that was, I could see why he didn't think about it. Right. But she was like, you should have filmed her. Right. So that's when really the the EAA in its true form as it is now came about because now what you can do is you can fill out the affidavit. And what we ask you to do is to take a short video. You can do it on your phone. You know, just take a short video, say what's in the affidavit, and you can upload that. So not only do we have your written words and whatever other things that you want to put in there, your hospital reports, your police reports, the, the different incidents. So now what you can do is take all of that information and really run with it.
0: Is it only now would a person have to then like file... A case for law enforcement, and then have access to that? no. Here, here's or, where
1: okay. here's where it gets you know, and and this is where the understanding and why I do what I do because right. there's there's different aspects to this. So when you are here to speak on your own behalf, the EAA is a reference point for you. Gotcha. Okay. So what it does is as you're going through these incidents, if you're putting them into the evidentiary abuse affidavit online. In the app, now what you can do is when you go to court, as these things are escalating, you will have your information in a in a very detailed way that you may not remember if it were a month from now sure. or two months from now as litigation goes on. So now what you can do is you have these things that at the time that they happened – you wrote all these details down so now you can access those details in a way that gives you a valid legitimate testimony in court plus if you had pictures and they're in this EAA you can pull them out and take them with you you know so what it does is it's more for a reference when you are here to speak on your own behalf right when you are not as was the case with both Kathleen and with Stacy There was no one to know what they, well, there was no one to know what they had said. Kathy had done it to all these separate people, but it wasn't in a collective. Right. That was an affidavit. Affidavit being a major part of that, that is a notarized document. Oh, yeah. That can now be brought into court because it is a notarized document. Yeah. So now let's just take my sister-in-law, Kathy, for example. She had all these things that now make up an evidentiary abuse affidavit. So when she fell down in that bathtub, when she fell down in the bathtub and found in an empty bathtub dead, her family, her friends, her coworkers, had they had a copy of her affidavit, would have gone to the inquest and said, look, I have all these things in the form of an affidavit that states that she said that if anything happens to her, he was responsible. And she has given us all this information. So now her family could have gone to that inquest or could have gone to the police and said, look, you have to take a look at this. Um, and then it would have been brought into court. And what, why I do what I do, because if Kathleen would have had that,
0: Stacy might still be here. Right. Uh, and that was 2007. Seven. Seven,
1: October 28,
0: 2007. You know, we look back, we look. We look at now and then back at 2007. Do you ever feel like, you know, dis- despite the hard work that you've been doing since, do you ever feel or think that law enforcement perhaps had tools that were not being used? Do you ever feel like, I mean, there, there was oh, something there that was could so have been There were so many done.
1: things that could have been done right? I, for I, Kathy at that period of time.
0: As, as just an individual, a layperson who reads, I think to myself, like, wow, the amount of red flags that were fluttering in the breeze on a consistent basis with a member of law enforcement would be, is almost insulting to think that, you know, it, it such a thing could just go on and on and on without alerting the suspicions of anyone to a level to take action. Um that must be frustrating.
1: Extremely so. I I couldn't imagine.
0: Right. And I and and I don't mean to dwell on the frustration, but when I met you, did I tell you when I met you, I don't know if we had talked, uh, I I did jury duty. Did I tell you about that? Yes. I told you about that. Yes. That was an absolutely infuriating experience for me. It was a, it was I was doing jury duty for a guy who was there for uh domestic violence and they showed us the um, violent um What, injuries. the incidents, right? Yeah, the incidents. And I'm sitting, and this is this guy's third time. And he's sitting here in court. He's not in the orange jumpsuit. He's not, in, he's not in custody. And, like, we're looking at these pictures, and I'm thinking to myself, how is this guy? That's
1: where we have to work on our judges, on educating our judges educating our legal and judicial system because so many times what you find is that defense lawyers are able to say, well, they were just upset or, well, you Something. know, that you right. Something. They're able to come up with all these things. And I mean, there was a case that I just read about where a woman is going to do 19 years to life for killing her abuser. And they had All these different things. I mean, even the prosecutor did not want the amount of time that the judge gave her. And the judge looked at her and said, I still think you could have found a way to get out. Now, she may have done everything right. Law enforcement may have done everything right. But a judge can stop the whole process right then and there and say she could have done more. Now, you know, what I want to do is I want to go to that judge personally and ask him, I want to know under the statute that you have available to you, and you still did not see her as being in that category, what does it take to do that? So that's where it takes educating our legal system. Right. You know, we've got to get to these lawyers. We've got to get to these prosecutors. We've got to get to these judges. You know, yes, they're based on the law, but you are not taking into account all the variations, all the variables or the factors that go into this. And instead, you are making judgments with impunity and and you are affecting people's lives to the extent that it could cost someone their life again. Totally. You know, totally. because, and so my thing is, I want to educate these people. I want to get to our judges. I want to get to our lawyers. I need feedback from them. What does it take for you guys to find these types of things?
0: And you know what? I talk to you, I listen to you, and we talk about this, and you brought up something that I do want to kind of harp on to. The legal, the legal system is not perfect. Nobody has is, is under We all have our troubles with exactly. the we legal system. But at the same time, to educate these people and to have them willing to understand and work with us in the community to see, okay, yeah, that is an outdated statute or that's ridiculous in the time it was written. Let's make it more applicable to now. That's what's important. Ron Hain, right? I've sat and talked with him. I've talked with that brother off He's amazing. many times. And it's like it's like, yeah, he sees that, like, you know what? The old approach to many aspects of law enforcement is outdated. Changing it is a monumental task. But the ability and the willingness for people like them to work with people like you right, is, uh, or rather, that goes a very long way. That's the ball moving forward that we need.
1: It is. It's, a ge- it, it's almost a generational change right. is what it is, is. You're seeing now, I mean, even me, I, I'm quite a bit older. But yet even I bring more current ideas than, let's say, a lot of the people, you know, what you have, in, and especially so much in politics, is you have a lot of people that are between the ages of 60 and 80. You do, yeah. You know, so there's a whole generation there that learned a different set of
0: life skills. Which is why they can sit on judgment of somebody and say, well, you, you could have did more to get out.
1: Right. You could have done more to get out. You know, so their mindset is... You know, that's just the way that things were and not realizing that the environments have changed. So the rules need to change with them. Hmm. So, you know, people like Ron who are willing to take a look at things, you know, the way that the system is set up, all the impetus is on the victim. Totally. You know, we need to change that around. We need to hold the perpetrator, let him go to court Oh, and I I say him, it's and crazy. I really don't mean him. I mean the abuser, because abusers certainly. come in all shapes and sizes. Certainly, certainly. So you know, let that not be you know something that you just assume it's a heat right. because that's not true either. You know, they everybody has that potential as to whether they go with it or not is up to them. Right. You know, and sometimes environment, upbringing has a lot to do with that. But when you've got somebody like Ron who's willing to take a look and shake up things like he has. You know we're going to use King County as our model because I have the kind of support that I have here. We're going to use this as the model that will then go out into the state and into the nation. We are going to be the leaders in this type of uh, approach Good. to domestic violence, and that's really where I see this going. I see this, and and it's already out there. I've I've done uh, um am a state coordinator for the Q Center for Missing Persons. And so in that aspect, I've given a couple of uh, different uh, talks at the Q Center, which normally holds their, uh, they're located in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and they normally hold their uh, um, yearly event right about this time in March, April. Okay. And so they uh, work extensively with Uh, different law enforcement and Mm -hmm. things like that and so they're bringing those ideas to them out there too. So I mean we're getting this you know uh, application of this uh, document the abuse out there in many ways but being that King County will be then our model and we'll be able to put our statistical and empirical evidence in there and be able to prove undoubtedly that this works and the best proof that I have is that no one ever has to ask me for an evidentiary abuse affidavit because the only reason that you would that I would need to give it to someone is if they're not here to speak on their behalf right and the only reason that it will ever be looked at outside of that person is if there is a subpoena from law enforcement because there is a case involved Gotcha. That is the only reason that anyone will ever look at that evidentiary abuse. I am merely a warehouse, if you will, Mm -hmm. for these evidentiary abuse affidavits to be filled out so that people know that they're safe, that they're there in case of an emergency or in case, you know, a way for them to build. We're also going to be adding a journal, which is so exciting. Okay. So a journal. So let's say you see someone being abused. You can now start to write down the the histories because sometimes affidavit is a very scary word for someone who isn't in the legal community. Right. Or doesn't deal with law enforcement. You know, you tell me affidavit, I'm going to freak out. Yeah. So. Exactly. Right. So it's a scary thing. So now what we're doing is we're putting a journal. Not. It's a journal. Not an affidavit but it is a way for you to still be able to write down your experiences in a way that will be there for you in a manner that you may need it in. Or if you're seeing someone going through it and you're concerned, there's a coworker that keeps coming in that's abused and you you suspect abuse, you can start writing down. So we're making it so not only is the evidentiary abuse affidavit there for the victim, but we're going to be offering those who deal with victims who Family, friends, coworkers, you know, in any aspect that you suspect someone might be being abused, you would then be able to start to journal these things for them. And actually, that helped in a case where someone had gone missing and a coworker had been writing down all these things. Wow. And wound up going to court. And that's what this basically would allow someone.
0: Yeah. I, um, you know, I'm a I'm a veteran, so my, like, I look at the uh, Vanessa Guillen case, for example. Oh, right? God, that's heartbreaking. Like, yeah, I, um, you know, I really tried just spreading the word about it and all the vigils that happened in Chicago and Aurora. Like, I really tried to do my part to kind of, like, highlight that because, like, I know from firsthand experience, like, the Navy is – it's, it's just not, you know, the military, it's not, I don't care who you are. It is not a, uh, not a welcoming place for uh, members of the opposite sex. Or, I mean, it's very crude, very crass. You hear a lot of that, that, that kind of stuff. But I think that people aren't aware of the levels of abuse or the levels of things that happen to other people um, in areas that are not like our traditional everyday life, right? Like right. I know that because I've been in the military, I've been on bases, I've been in the bowels. Of You've the been ship. in
1: the environment. I've been in
0: there. I've yeah, exactly. Like I've heard everything that these guys are saying about these people. Um, and I like it being exposed. I do. Like I, I have to tell you, I am happy anytime that people can. Any anytime that people are getting or hurting other people i don't it just doesn't make me feel good i just don't like that well and it's, I think it's, it's using hard. that
1: power and control anytime right. that there is a dynamic of authority
0: i don't like that th- I don't like the that.
1: potential for abuse of power and control yep. becomes i've never just liked that overwhelming i've and, never and, liked it
0: with a i've never liked it with a senior guy talking to a little guy like that and i've never liked it with like a male talking to you know a female just because, like, that's not cool. That's not cool. Right,
1: but there aren't, what we need to do is to expose those behaviors for truly what they are because so many times people want to blow them off. Well, that's just the military or that's just the way that it has to be. No, we can change. No, we can change things, you know, and it's going to take this next, you know, with each generation comes more hope that the Mm -hmm. consciousness has changed enough, that they have learned from our mistakes, that they have learned from... The things that we have done that haven't worked, you know, so learn from us what doesn't work so that you can do a better job with what will work, and that's what what we're hoping to do, you know, as the EAA gets out there and you know it goes into its different applications, maybe we find that we need to change a few things you know right. you always have to be open to change because it makes you better. Change is uncomfortable, you know it's scary. But with change comes growth.
0: And it's also the only constant in life.
1: Oh, for sure. Change. Yep. For sure.
0: Um, this evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at uh, University of St. Francis in Joliet, uh, we will have uh, Norma Peterson and Kane County Sheriff Ron Hain, Kane County State's Attorney Jamie Mosser, Pastor Neil Shorey, and Massachusetts State's victim advocate Michelle Cruz. Uh, this presentation will be online and virtual. You can do so, or you rather, you can sign up uh, with the events Bright link. I've posted that in the chat. Thank you. And then you. we will also uh, post it again on our Facebook page so you guys can take part in that. We already got 100 people. Uh,
1: actually, like 130.
0: Nice. Yeah, nice. which Very is pretty good.
1: good for an online event for
0: us. Breaking the silence, overcoming obstacles, and reporting abuse. And shout out to Arlington Heights. they checking in today. Arlington whoop, whoop. Heights. All right. Oh,
1: Schomburg Boomers.
0: Schomburg, what's oh yeah,
1: the- Arlington High. That's right, out by Schomburg, right? Yeah. Well, I just uh, I'm a big fan of the Schomburg Boomers. They got a really nice stadium out there. If you ever get a chance to go out there, okay, and they're doing uh, White Sox and Cubs minor leagues
0: hmm.
1: are uh, playing out there. So they're playing each other out there. Uh, I think in a couple of weeks. So I was putting a shout-out out there. Shout-out to the Schaumburg
0: Boomers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I,
1: I wouldn't have think to do that, but it's like, hey, they're having both the Cubs and the Sox minor leagues play each other. I'd like to see that.
0: Show, show them some love yeah. on the air. Um, so the time is 8.58 a.m. You've been listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora. I want to say uh, take a little shout-out at the moment to State Representative Barbara Hernandez. Thank you very much. Uh, big fan of the uh, show. We appreciate all of her hard work and support oh, yeah. here in our community. Uh, from the vax that happened at East Aurora High School to the community blood drive that took place at 1 East Benton in conjunction with state representative of the 84th district, Stephanie Kiffawit and Duquesne Abate and state representative Keith Wheeler of the 50th district. Uh, That was a great event, so we really appreciate all of our elected officials for all the hard work they do. Thank you to Representative Barbara Hernandez and her team. Um, So this was a uh, very positive episode. This was a good one.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. I can't tell you how much I
0: appreciate it. Yeah, this was good. Um, all of you guys, we hope that you guys have a great day out there today. Stay tuned for more great news coming to you. We'll be back here uh, tomorrow morning with the news in Spanish with our friend Noelio Ruiz of the Wobanzi SBDC. Uh, Check out the show on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts from. Hit the like button and uh, subscribe. We appreciate all of it, you guys. And want to give a last word for the folks?
1: Hey, I hope everyone has a wonderful day. And it's been a real pleasure to be here. And I love listening. To the Great American Morning.
0: That's show. right, Gams. Gams, GMS. baby. The I'm telling him American needs Morning Show. get
1: a t-shirt with some Gams. That's on. right.
0: We're, gonna, we're working on the t-shirts. Yeah, we right. got a new drop. We got a new batch of t-shirts coming soon. Um, but also, yeah, it's oh, any help that you need. Keep the news up for us. We, you know, you always got a home here on Good Morning. Aurora. Thank you so we'll much. Always post yes. anything that you've got, and uh, if we can help you get the uh, show and other things you're working with. You know, I'm
1: looking forward to working with you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, we got we yeah. got stuff to we yeah.
0: got we got we got some skill at this table. We can do this. Let's do this. Yep. We Let's can definitely do make a change. That's awesome. BTP, any uh thing for the people? Any word? Um, that? no, just have a good positive day. Uh, so that's, that's all I got. <laughs> word from BTP. Right. Word from BTP. All right. You guys have a wonderful day. Tracy Duran, you have a great day, too. Enjoy your Tuesday out there, folks. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Same bat time, same bat channel. That's a cultural reference. We'll tune in (laughs) tomorrow for you. Peace.